Ah, to be young and rich in one of the most vibrant cities in the United States, Miami, where life is just as fast as the cars and the weather just as hot as the people. But even Miami can't shake tragedy. Even in a luxury high-rise, death can find you. This is the tragic story of an OnlyFans model and a cryptocurrency trader, two unlikely subjects of a vicious crime. If you haven't already subscribed to the Homicide Inc. podcast, please do so, so that you'll get notifications when we upload a new episode, and it's also a very big help with the discovery of the Homicide Inc. podcast, as the number of subscribers helps the podcast move up the rankings. Also, your review and rating of the podcast is a big help. Go ahead and click the five stars and leave a review if you like. Thank you so much. All right, let's get back to the story. Weeks before the awful night that would leave one of these young lovebirds bleeding out on the floor of their luxury apartment, Christian typed out these chilling words. Is love going to kill me? In April of 2022, he would receive an answer to that awful question. Police would find him stabbed to death in the apartment he shared with his girlfriend. But who are these people, and how did they get here? Well, this story actually begins in Texas. Courtney Clenny met Christian Toby Obumselli in Austin, Texas. After dating for a while, they decided to pack up and move to Miami. And how does a 25-year-old afford a fancy condo in Miami? Well, only fans, of course. During the two-year period between 2020 and 2022, Courtney made three million bucks from the platform. If you're unfamiliar with OnlyFans, then good for you. But here's a quick rundown. It's a platform where content creators can monetize the content they produce. Not so much unlike YouTube, but they do that by having fans pay a monthly subscription fee or by selling exclusive content. Again, not so much unlike YouTube, but there is something slightly different. Most of the content on the site is... Mm, for a more adult audience. Let's just say that you would probably want to delete your internet history after visiting this site, according to um, <clears throat> friends who are knowledgeable. Anyway, that's how Courtney made most of her money, by selling adult content on OnlyFans. She also had quite the Instagram following. At the time of the murder, she had accumulated more than 2 million followers, the lucky guy that had landed this pseudo-celebrity was Christian Obumselli. After attending Plano East Senior High School, he studied communication studies at Texas Tech before entering into a career as a cryptocurrency trader. He must have been doing pretty well for himself because a week before the murder, Courtney had declared on a podcast that she only, quote, dates rich black guys. So, a beautiful couple with money in their pockets and the world at their feet. What could go wrong? Well, turns out, quite a lot. Courtney and Christian were notorious among their friends for having a tumultuous relationship. The couple were known to have blowout fights, and the police had been called to their apartment multiple times in the months before the murder. At first, 
You might think Christian was the main aggressor. He was a tall, well-built dude, and Courtney was quite petite. Together, they looked like the quintessential cheerleader and linebacker. But looks can be deceiving. If you are to believe the plethora of texts that were released, then tiny little Courtney packs a mean punch. In one text, Christian writes about how Courtney stabbed him in the leg so hard that he couldn't walk. In another, he talks about the time she slashed his face open. The wounds were so deep that he had to go get stitches. However, according to the texts, the wounds barely healed before she slapped him in the face and caused the wounds to open up again. And all he did was take the abuse. In fact, he even lied about his numerous injuries to shelter the woman he loved from any consequences with the police. He sent a text that stated that he would tell hospital staff that his injuries were from a football incident. Courtney's texts in return are a little confusing. In some, she's remorseful and proclaims her undying love. But sometimes, she's angry, and she has to, quote, teach him how to act. In one chilling text, she writes, Enjoy the hospital. This case has yet to go to trial, so we should all refrain from prematurely passing judgment. But with that said, this sounds like a classic abusive relationship. Often we have misconceptions about what an abusive relationship should look or feel like. We think that an abuser has to be bigger than the person being abused, that they need to be a menacing figure that's always angry and lashing out. But abuse is so much more nuanced than that. An abuser can massage you with loving words one minute and then maliciously cut you down the next. An abuser can look like a clean-cut banker or your friendly neighbor or even a petite blonde OnlyFans girl. Friends of the couple claim that they never witnessed Christian harm Courtney in any way. However, they say that Courtney was often the aggressor in their arguments. She was allegedly not only physically abusive, but verbally abusive too. Voice recordings were released of Courtney calling Christian racial slurs. There is also video evidence of Courtney, who looks intoxicated, striking Christian multiple times. In the video, the couple were in an elevator, heading up to the condo where Christian would eventually draw his last breath. It's unclear exactly what happened when the couple entered that apartment on April 3, 2022. We do know what Courtney claims to have happened. According to her, they were embroiled in yet another one of their heated arguments, when Christian threw her against the wall and choked her. At some point, he moved away, and she grabbed a serrated knife from their kitchen and threw it at him, hitting him straight in the heart. That's when the panicked glamour model called 911. In the call, she can be heard shouting, My boyfriend is dying from a stab wound. Christian can be heard shouting, I'm going to die. I can't feel my arms. Sadly, by the time he was rushed to the hospital, it was too late. Only one week before his 28th birthday, Christian Obumseli, who was affectionately known as Toby to his family and friends, was gone. He's remembered as being incredibly compassionate and kind. Following Christian's death, 
videos of a blood-soaked Courtney sitting on the floor of their condo were splattered all over the internet. The police released a statement confirming that Christian had died from a single stab wound after a domestic dispute, where both parties were involved in a physical altercation. Looking at the crime scene photos, it's clear that what happened that night was brutal. Pools of dried blood coat the floors and walls. Courtney's pants were soaked through with Christian's blood. All the blood on Courtney was unsurprising because when police arrived at the condo, she was cradling a dying Christian in her arms, willing him to live. Images of the injuries Courtney sustained were also taken. She had a few minor scratches on her chest and her hands were missing a couple of acrylic nails. They presumably broke off during the events of that night. Courtney was taken in for questioning, and after a couple of hours, she was notified that Christian unfortunately didn't make it. Here is part of the actual audio from the police interrogation. Um, so, we have to inform you that Christian did not make it. Okay. Um, unfortunately, the doctors did what they could. And Christian is dead. Yes. Oh my God. This is not real right. Okay. Now, we all grieve in different ways. It would be unjust to speculate on someone's guilt based on how they react to one of the most traumatic events of their lives. However, it can be noted that the way some of these defendants react to the news of their loved one's death is a bit strange. When the police let her know of Christian's death, she gasped, clutched her chest, and then asked investigators for a hug. One of the male investigators then graciously offered to give the buxom blonde OnlyFans model a comforting embrace, something not listed in his job description, but something he felt he needed to do for the team. I guess police are there to protect and serve. Perhaps that also means doling out hugs to murder suspects. Inspector Hugger puts his arms out to offer his loving embrace, and then she decides against it and sits back down. But of course, she was not treated as a murder suspect at all. At least, at first. Police offered her food, which she passed on after claiming she would rather have her vape. However, all of that food talk did remind Courtney about Christian's last meal. Subway, apparently. Police then told Courtney that they would help her get support and that her parents were on their way. She was then allowed to go home. It would be another four months before she would make her way back to the police station. The way the police handled this case came under a lot of fire in the months after Christian's death. As you can imagine, the optics of a white blonde girl killing her black boyfriend could cause some controversy, especially in this political climate. Christian's family claimed that within 24 hours of the murder, the police had concluded that this was not a case of violence. At the time, it seemed that she might escape the consequences of whatever happened that night. It probably didn't help that just a few days after killing her boyfriend, Courtney was seen out on the town. While staying at the Grand Beach Hotel in Miami, Courtney was spotted at the hotel bar. According to other patrons, 
She was just enjoying her drink as if she didn't have any other care in the world. By this time, news of the murder was on every newsstand and on every channel. So angry patrons confronted her about the murder and videotaped her as she ran back to her room. Perhaps feeling that there was too much heat in Miami, she flew to Hawaii. That is where she apparently went into rehab for some of her issues. She stayed in Hawaii until charges were filed against her, and she was forced to turn herself in. As outraged as social media was about Courtney's actions following the murder, some were even more incensed by tweets that surfaced in the months following that fateful night. Not Courtney's tweets. No, these were Christian's tweets. In the social media posts, Christian talks about his dislike for black women and his preference for white women. Christian, who was of Nigerian descent, describes how he finds black women ignorant and states that he would love to teach a white girl a little about the African culture. The release of these disgusting tweets was a massive problem for Christian's family and for everyone fighting for justice to be served in his case. You see, most of the momentum from this case only existed because of the black people, many of them women, who spoke out in support of the family and of Christian. Learning that the person they were fighting for did not respect them made people hesitant to lend a helping hand. His family released a statement claiming that the tweets were from back when Christian was in high school. They also reminded the public that the tweets do not negate the need for justice. Unfortunately, the damage was done, and the case was soured for those who had previously offered support. Despite the shift in social media's reaction to the case, Courtney was eventually arrested. Recently, a hearing was held to determine if she would be released until her trial. In the hearing, the judge had to decide if Courtney was a flight risk and if the defense's case was solid. The judge cited that not only was Courtney a flight risk because of the millions she made as an OnlyFans model, but that her version of the events could not be truthful. The judge relied on evidence given by a medical examiner that testified that it is not possible for Courtney to have hit Christian in the heart by throwing the knife. The medical examiner stated that Courtney would have needed to exert force to puncture through Christian's skin and muscle. Throwing a knife would not result in the required force. The judge also looked at all the texts and the video evidence of Courtney being physically violent with Christian. In the end, the judge decided that he didn't buy the claim of self-defense and that Courtney would remain in jail until her trial. The only way to describe this case is tragic. When we hear cases like these, we're often tempted to ask, well, why didn't he just leave? Why didn't he tell someone? Why didn't he fight back? Unfortunately, hindsight is twenty-twenty. As much as we like to think otherwise, we have no idea what we would have or should have done if we were in Christian's shoes. Perhaps it just brings us comfort to believe that we would have done things differently, that we would never find ourselves in this position in the first place. Unfortunately, 
That is not the case. Abuse is incredibly nuanced and can strike anyone at any time. It doesn't matter how big you are, how strong you are, or how smart you are. You're not immune. It's also important to remember that this case has not gone to trial yet. There are still many things that could reveal themselves in the coming months. And it's important that we keep an open mind and not make premature judgments. On that note, that's all for today, folks. Well, thanks very much for tuning in to the Homicide, Inc. True Crime Podcast. I'd like to invite you again to rate this podcast, whether it's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. Be a pal, click the stars, and leave a review if you'd like to. This helps tremendously in getting our podcast into more ears. Thank you very much. Also, make sure you subscribe so you'll get notifications as soon as a new episode is released. And be sure to check out our Patreon campaign for exclusive Homicide Inc. podcasts that are available first to patrons. That information is in the description of this podcast. If you have a compelling true crime story you'd like me to consider investigating, please send me an email. And if you'd like to help support the production of the Homicide Inc. podcast, you can always buy us a coffee. Those details are also in the description and on the Homicide Inc. website, where you can hear all the podcasts and some other cool stuff. Well, thanks so much, and we'll see you again very soon. Ciao for now.